just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. G'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast. My name is Knuckles. This is the show in which we extract the wildest and loosest yarns and stories from a few mad critters around the planet. The OG proper true yarn man himself, my old boy TJ. Tell us a proper true yarn. Thanks, Knuckles. So, well, uh, uh, you and Whoppy was morning. They were talking about ghost ghost stories. I got a proper true yarn, a ghost story. Uh, when I was doing a sheep investigation once between uh, Charleville and uh, Cunnamulla, went to a place called Elveston Station at Christmas time, hot hot as hell. I had a swag there and um, Mrs. Stiller said, uh, I said, I'll just camp out in the veranda. She said, don't camp out there. And buddy Mulga Snake's 10 foot long here. She said, you can camp inside. So, okay, then she said, I must tell you that there is a ghost in this house, a real ghost. It's an old lady. And she said, the first thing, she said, you'll smell really strong perfume. And my daughter and I don't wear perfume. And then you'll feel a presence that someone's about. You'll feel, you know, you'll mentally there's something's about. She said, I said, oh, okay. She said, you can camp in this spare room out there, uh, a big four-poster bed with a mosquito net on it and a rocking chair. And she said, I must warn you that sometimes that rocking chair starts rocking by itself and the ghost is obviously on the rocking chair. And I said, bullshit. She said, no, it rocks by itself. So out I go, halfway down a feed and a bit of a yarn about the job, into this bedroom. I'm looking at this bloody rocking chair. And anyway, I said, well, I'll tell you what, Miss Stiller, if I wake up through the night and this rocking chair's rocking, I'll tell you what I'll make, it'll be a new door straight through that bloody side <laughs> bedroom. I won't be going through the door over there. I'll be going straight out and gone. I said so. Anyway, I get into bed and I think, well, I'll stuff this ghost. I'll tuck me mosquito net in. This is a proper true yarn. <laughs> I tuck me mosquito net all round. This four poster bed, big mosquito net hung down, tucked it in. I'm lying back. I'm thinking, you friggin' dickhead. Ghosts go straight through <laughs> mosquito nets. What you got all that trouble for? I tell you what, I didn't have much sleep that night. I get one eye on that freaking rocking chair. It didn't rock, but by the Christ, I was towy. They will guarantee that's a proper true story, proper true yarn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. Uh, we'll get on to. We talked about old Chester Wilson, doctor at Charleville, and uh, old Ringer come in from Ada Vale, a real old fellow, and he had bad tinea on his feet. 
And he had a lot of trouble. He had to put creams and powders and everything on his poor old feet to, to get them better. So, so Chester said, look, I'll tell you what, it might cost you a few, Bob, but he said, I'll tell you what you've got to do. To get rid of this tinea, he said, you've got to go down to the Gold Coast, get a unit near the beach, he said, and get a plastic bucket and every day go down to the beach and fill it full of seawater, fresh seawater, come back, put your feet in it, watch TV or read the newspaper. He said, leave for a couple of hours. For a week, he said, it'll get rid of all your tinny. Better than any creams, potions, bloody powders, he said, guaranteed to get rid of it. So anyway, so I'll ring it down. He goes, gets the unit right beside the beach, gets the plastic bucket. First morning... Full tide, high tide up there on the beach at Service Paradise. He walks down, got this big bucket, walks down into the sea. Because he'd never seen the sea before, poor bugger. So he takes a bucket full of water and he's walking up the beach with it. And the old lifeguard said, hey, what are you doing? He said, mate, I'm an old ringer from Adevale. He said, I've got tenia on my feet and the doctor recommended fresh seawater for me bloody tenia. He said, you can't just take seawater. He said, that's bloody stealing. He said, oh, well, mate, well, what's the go? He said, five bucks a bucket. He said, that'll cost you $5 a bucket. Mate, he said, I don't mind. He said, give him $5. He said, I don't care. I'll pay $20. It's going to fix me up, you know. So walks upstairs, gets in the unit, puts his feet in the in the seawater, watches a bit of TV and reads the paper and after lunch he's saying, geez, my old buddy hooves, he said they're feeling a lot better already. I might go and get another bucket. Down he goes, about three o'clock in the afternoon, walks down. By this time, the tide's gone out, see? There's the lifeguard still there. He looked at this bloody tide. He looked backwards and forwards like this at the sea. Said the lifeguard, Jesus Christ, mate. He said, you made a quid today, mate. He said, you've done all right today. He said, you've done all right today. I'm dead. Oh, right. So I've got a bloody snappy little one about a bloody three Italians. One had an acre of strawberries. Good, grown, beautiful, fresh, bloody strawberries. One at a stallion on one side of the paddock, another one followed a mare on the other side of the paddock. So anyway, through the night, this mare jumped in the paddock and the stallion jumped in and the stallion's been riding this bloody mare all night through these bloody strawberries, smashed the strawberry plants, broke, broke beautiful strawberries off, tramped them into the ground, see? So this whole Italian farmer, had a guff all this, so he gets the police and they charge him with unlawfully damaging his strawberries. So they go to court, see. The first fella, Tony, and he said, Luigi, stand up. He said, uh, <laughs> I convict and fine you $1,000, he said, for damaging the strawberries. Okay, sit down. Giovanni, I convict you and fine you $500, for damaging the strawberries. And the first Italian said, how come? He said, I get fined $1,000. And he said, he gets $500. He said, well, he said, the stallion only had two feet on the ground. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, he, uh, so anyway, that's just a little strawberry yarn. <laughs> it was a shearer at Charleville. He was a big Maori fella. His name was Jim and he come from over from New Zealand to gun shearer over there and pretty different sheep to Australian sheep and he come to a station called Oakwood Station up north of Charleville, a big station, had about 40,000, 50,000 sheep there at the time and this big Jim is shearing and, 
and he's as rough as gut shearer. Like he, he hasn't really perfected shearing like the Australian shearers and he's rough as guts and he's shearing there one day and the old owner, the old boss, he's there sitting in this bloody cane chair and he said to the boss, he said, well, boss, he said, if I had all the wool, I was getting off all these sheep, he said, I'd go on a world trip. And the old boss, he said, yeah, Jim, he said, if I had all the wool you're leaving on the bastards, I'd come with you. <laughs> he said, <laughs> 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 I'd come with you. That's a proper tree yard. He still lives in Charleville, that fella. Yeah. He'd become a very good shearer, he did, yeah. Eventually. So, eventually, yep. I think I might have a tomato yarn. But this lady goes into the fruit and veggie shop, Italian fruit and veggie shop. She said, uh, can I have two pound tomatoes, please? And he said, look, a lady said, no tomatoes today, plenty tomatoes tomorrow. Anyway, why she goes, two hours later, she's back again. He said, um, can I have two pound tomatoes, please? He said, look, a lady, I see you here before. He said, no tomatoes today, tomorrow, plenty big, red, beautiful, juicy tomatoes. Why she goes again, two hours later, she's back again. He said, can I have two pound tomatoes, please? Look, a lady, you're making me very mad. I'll tell you, today... No tomato. Tomorrow, plenty of big, red, juicy, truckload, biggest, fattest tomatoes in Australia. Tomorrow. Two hours later, she's back again. He said, can I have two pound tomatoes, please? Look a lady. Look a lady. He said, I'll ask you some questions. He said, you're taking the pump out of the pumpkin. What have you got? She said, pump out of pumpkin. I've got kin. That's right, lady, you got a kin. He said, you're taking the beet out of the beetroot. And what have you got? He said, beet out of beetroot. I've got root. That's right, lady, you've got root. He said, you take the fuck out of the tomato. And what have you got? She said, but there's no fucking tomato. That's right, lady, there's no fucking tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Proper tree, yeah. That's Con the Fruiterer. Con the Fruiterer. <laughs> he got, I think he got his message across old Giovanni. Uh, this bloke walks into this bar, see, and he's got this biscuit tin and he's got this duck, little duck, and he's dancing on the biscuit tin. And this bar's fan. This bloke said, um... What's that? He saw a dancing duck. There's ducky dancing, see? He said, I'll have a beer. He had a beer and anyway, soon the word gets out, there's a dancing duck in the pub, see? Anyway, there's a few in there and a few and then there's 10, 20, 30 people, old duck still dancing and there's 40 people and the public said, look, can I buy that duck from you? And he said, no, no, mate. He said, I'll give you. I'll give you $50 from him. He said, oh, no, that's not worth more than 50. Meanwhile, old duck still dancing, so... So I'll give you $100 for the duck. And, man, people are coming in the lounge bars, full of the bars, full of everyone looking at this dancing duck mm-hmm. on this biscuit tin, see? Anyway, so I'll give you $1,000 for the duck. Oh, he said, I suppose. He said, yeah, righto. He said, 1000 bucks. He said, that's all right. He said, yeah, I'll take a 1000 So he hands the bloody duck and the biscuit tin over the public and he said, um, how do I stop this duck dancing? Oh, he said, all you have to do is lift the lid off the biscuit tin and blow those candles out, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the RSPCA would like that one too much. Fucking <laughs> 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 proper tree yarn. Proper tree yarn. He said, blow the bloody candles out. You stop mm. dancing, old duck. Hey, TJ. Yep. Yeah, proper tree yarn. You, you once, once kill a cat. 
I, Big old tomcat out in that country. I cut a cat. I cut a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that, yeah? I was out west at a little place called Yulo. There's a proper two yarn. And the lady there, she had this bloody tomcat. She called him Tom. He's getting a bit big. So anyway, I buddy, uh, she said, TJ, can you cut cats? I said, cut cats and rats and elephants, pigs, everything, cut anything. I said, yeah, I can cut cats, not a problem. So we get old Tom and we get him in this bloody half a gumboot and a couple of mates give me a hand. Oh, he struggled and kicked and carried on something bloody fierce, this bloody cat. But we finally got the bloody two pills out of him, pruned him up, saying, hit him with a bit of disinfectant and away he went. So that's all right. I went on holidays the next week and uh, I come back from holidays and the police inspector said to me, he said, um, did, you, um, did you cut a cat before you went on holidays out of Eulo? And I said, yeah, I did. He said, well, he said, the cat died. I said, bullshit. I said, never lost a patient in my bloody life, I said. <laughs> he said, no, he died. The bloody cat died. And this lady's name was Jane and she just loved this bloody cat and he said, she is cranky with you. She's going to bloody rip it right up you. The bloody cat died. So anyway, next time head out to you, I'm thinking I just have to go and say, look, sorry, Jane, I've, I did the best I could. I really feel sorry that you lost your poor old favourite Tomcat, you know, poor old Tom. That was his name. So I'm driving all the way out there. It's about bloody nearly 300 kilometres thinking about what she's going to really rip it up me, you know, and, and how am I going to say, look, I'm really sorry and, you know, and I think I bought her some chocolates and some flowers to see as the sergeant's wife to try and make her happy from me killing a cat. So I get out there and I walk up and and she come to the door and she seemed happy enough. I sort of, how are you, Jane? She said, good. I said, mate, I've just come to say I'm very, very sorry about poor old Tom, you know. She said, yeah, it was just terrible. The town dogs just tore him apart. <laughs> the, bloody, the bloody police inspector did a, did a number on me. There's me worrying like shit about killing this bloody cat and the town dog killed him. She said the town dogs tore him apart. <laughs> still uh, haven't lost a patient yet, TJ? No, mate, still still well ahead. No patients lost. Yeah, no can knock the pills out of anything. Mate, mate, they prune them all up, mate, bloody... Talking about pills, there was a bloody young pommy jacker who went to this place near Blackhall and uh, didn't know anything about much at all and this bloody went to the sheepyards, all the sheep manure around and uh, and anyway, the, he said to the boss, boss, what's that on the ground? Oh, he said, they're knowledge pills. He said, knowledge pills. He said, oh, are they? He said, uh, he said try one, try one. So this bloody pommy jacker picks up, he said, try a couple. So he picks up. Throws them in his mouth and he starts chewing them, this bloody sheep shit, and chewing it. He said, he said, spat it out. He said, Jesus, he said, it tastes like shit. He said, they're working already. (laughs) 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 They're working already. (laughs) Okay, this young fella might have been Buddy Brett. I think old Knuckles here might have been him as a young fella. He took out this young bird for the first time. She says, you love the young bird with nice parents. And takes her out for the first night. And anyway, they had a lovely night and had dinner together and walked her back to the house, took her back to the house and 
give her a kiss on the cheek and he said, and her name was Mary, and he said, we've had such a lovely night, you've been really like a petunia. She said, have I? She said, he said, you like it? She reminded me of a lovely, a lovely petunia, she said. She said, okay, can we sort of have another meeting? She said, oh, well, next Saturday night you can take me out again. So anyway, next Saturday night he arrives there, old knuckles all bloody spruced up and dressed up and knocks on the door. Out she comes and she goes, bloody whack, whack, and hits him fair across the face. And he stepped back and he said, what's that for? She said, I've Googled my gardening encyclopedia. He said, Petunia, roots well near a fence but not very well in a bed. <laughs> I, t- I told you that in confidence, Dad. <laughs> I've told you that in confidence. You've just told the world. But it was geranium. It wasn't Petunia when I told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, this is a real old yarn. It's back in the Depression times when there's a lot of swaggies on the road. For old swaggies, they hit the road, try and get a bloody feed along the way or call them to different stations. And anyway, these two old swaggies right out in western Queensland, they walk along. One swaggy runs across the other swaggy near near this creek, watering it there, and they uh, decide to have a, have a bit of lunch together, see? The older Swaggy had this bloody beautiful bloody red dog with him. He said, what say we uh, we boil a billy, you know? And the Swaggy said, yeah, I'll go and get the water. He said, no, he said. He said, red dog, yeah. He said, red. He said, red will be right. He said, hey, red, go and get some water. So red grabs a billy can in his bloody mouth and away he goes, the handle of the billy can race, dips it in the creek, brings it up and sits there. He said, I suppose I'll get some some sticks together. And he said, no, no, no. He said, Red Dog will do that. So anyway, Red Dog bloody flies off and gets these little sticks and bigger sticks and pushes them together and uh, on the billy and, okay, old Swaggy lights the sticks up and he said, uh, what have we got to eat? And one Swaggy said, well, he said, there's a few duck eggs, he said, round, round the side of the creek there. He said, I'll send Red Dog. Oh, Red Dog, he said, he'll go and we'll boil a couple of duck eggs. He said, we'll have bloody, we'll have duck eggs for dinner, fresh bloody duck eggs. So old Red Dog flies off and a couple of trips, brings back a few of these eggs and and then bloody drops them in the billy and fire's going, bloody eggs are boiling up there on the on the stove, see, on the fire there, just all going, all going good. And what is that next thing, bloody, uh, eggs are ready and next thing old Red Dog, He's bloody standing on his bloody head, standing beside the fire on his head with his tail hanging back and his legs spreading. The other swag, he said, what's bloody Red doing here? He said, Red, he's a pretty smart dog. He said, he, he knows I haven't got an egg cup. He knows I haven't got an egg cup. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, remember that proper true yarn about... Our first time to the States, we were on the plane. Remember, you and I were sitting there on the plane. We were in the front row and there was that, that real sort of like smart looking beside, fellow beside us and he had that dog. You might have been inebriated. I, I remember, well, I'll tell the yarn. I might have had a few wines on that trip. Yeah, might have. I'll tell the yarn for both of us then. We're sitting there, right, and it's Dad, me and this like sharp looking fellow and, and his dog. Next thing, the dog fucks off. 
at the back of the plane, comes back, sits down, taps his paw twice, then gets up and does three circles. And you remember that? And both DJ and I were looking, what the fuck's going on? What's going on here, mate? He goes, oh, he said, there's a sniffer dog. He said, he's gone at the back. He said, oh, mate, 3G. He said, he's got marijuana on him. DJ, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right, eh? Too easy? Yeah, this must be a smart dog. <laughs> and he's gone, well, he said, hey, what, what do you do with him? He said, oh, no. He said, when we land, he said, oh, mate, get nabbed. He won't make it into the airport. It'll be all good. So, right, eh? Yeah. Sitting there, and I think they got some, you might have got another wine or another beer. Yeah. Next minute. Fucking boom, the dog fucks off to the fucking to business class. Comes back, fucking slides on his guts just like this and starts fucking tapping like this, gets up and goes, Roof! And we went, fuck's that mean? <laughs> he goes, oh, there's a fella in business class at 1E. He's got speed on him. He's got fucking, he's got the go-go gas. He said... Don't worry about it. He said, now we've been alerted. He said, fucking boof. Once we land, they'll be fucking arrested. We said, fucking hell. You know, we were sitting there. And I think we might have a few more. The dog was just sitting there. It was a good, it was a good dog. Yeah, it was a black good lab. Is fucking, it's a good job. That's a fair and while ago. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Fucking hell. That was 11 years ago when we went to the States. Yep. Anyway, so we're sitting there. It was fucking ages. Next minute, this dog fucks off. And, we, and I said, that's it. What the fuck's he going? What's he going to pick here, TJ? Anyway, the fucking dog comes back and just fucking shits everywhere. Fucking violently just shits everywhere. And Dad goes, what's that fucking mean, dog, mate? He goes, fuck, he's found a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> From a tree That's a living Hold on, shit himself. He's found a bomb. Pretty handy, pretty bloody handy. Good dog, that bastard. bastard. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. TJ just like to thank you for coming on, telling a few proper tree yards. We've we've had a uh, had a few beers and a bit of good time, and told a few properties and uh, yeah, uh, a few guest questions, a few guest <laughs> questions for TJ before you go. Um, you ever shave the old Jats crackers, Dad? You shave the ball bag or the lower area or what? I was hairy as an old horse, mate. Mine's buddy. She's not a clean skin. So she's still got a bit of fluff hanging off my old Jill. The, the, the old barber only goes to the top head, don't oh, go to the bottom head, yeah. TJ. Yeah, that's right. No. Yeah. I, bloody, uh, I, I had a broken leg once. I used to cut hair on stations, bloody do the bloody hair cutting. I broke my leg once, but I, I turned into cutting on crutches then, eh? Hey? Yeah, right. I was cutting my crutches. But you weren't doing your bag. <laughs> no, I wasn't doing Bags on TJ. Have my bag still, buddy. <laughs> so the original hair on bloody TJ's hose, ball mate. bag's still alive in the first. Yep, that's but, for uh, sure. If you were the Prime Minister, TJ, if, of Australia, what would be your first thing that you would do? Reduce income tax and give an incentive to the producers and the employers of the country not the bludgers. The employers and producers, give them a good fair go. Give them a yeah. fair go. Not being shafted like they get at present. Fair call. And uh, if you were to win a billion dollars, uh, what what would you spend it on, TJ? What's your first order of business if you got a billion dollars just transferred straight in your account? Well, I suppose I'd have to split up between uh, my wife and my best son <laughs> and my bestest 
daughter-in-law and my very favourite granddaughter. I'd <laughs> split her up. I'd give you, I'd divide it up. And then I think I'd go and buddy buy a big castle in buddy Ireland yeah. and move and live to Ireland. I love that island. I reckon it's a beautiful Good place. place. Go and live in Ireland, yeah. He gives you like Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> you and the black bear. <laughs> <laughs> right. right uh, if, if you could change one thing in your whole life and you've lived a hell of a fucking life, what would you change, CJ? Just one thing or you'd modify or whatever? Probably a few investments I want to do, like buy land and different things, um, you know, earlier in my life that I should have bought I didn't buy. It's a bit of advice I got. Um, could have been a very, very wealthy man now if I would have bought that land and blocks back then yep. to, to now. That's probably I've had a good life. I've had a good wife. Got a buddy, half a good son. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> talking that other fella <laughs> when you're on the road pre-mum. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd say just mainly I've had a good life. I had a good career. I'm happy in retirement. I've been around the world. I've been to America, Canada, right around. I've been to with you, you know, I've had a great time in Thailand with you, Singapore, buddy, um, Hong Kong. We've had great trips overseas, you and I have had together. But uh, I'd say, you know, just investing where I should have done when I really wanted to do, but I got talked out of it. Cheers, TJ. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for being the first ever person on the Proper True Yarn podcast. And Th- Thanks, Knuckles, for inviting us And along. I've just got the, the hangout, the last ever line I'm going to say. Keep left and less overtaking because them fuckers that stay in the right lane when they should be overtaking, that burns my piss. <laughs> That's my last line. Keep left and less overtaking. Overtaking. Fair enough. Thanks a lot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.